Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best L.A. Movie. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Uh, let's let's start. All right. Go ahead, Mark. I love L.A. Oh, I knew you were going to do that. I knew Come you were on. Do it. I said, well, then Mark why didn't start? you do the we love it? I don't know. Because you because you right, don't do get sand anymore. So, okay. I just I have no energy left. I love L.A. We love it. I that didn't even perfect. hit the timing of it. That was dead on. Um, what is up, people of the world? We're here today to talk about the city we love, Los Angeles, because we got a tweet last week that said, man, you guys talk about L.A. too much. People listen from all over. So we thought. Is that true? Let's do our, yeah. So we thought, Wait a let's do our Los Angeles <laughs> episode. By the way, this was suggested by a guy named Tommy Bobo, who sounds like one of the minor gangsters in Goodfellas. <laughs> like when he's going through the restaurant, yeah. Tommy hey, Bobo with Tommy three girls Bobo. on the side. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So we're here for Tommy Bobo. So thank you, Tommy. Uh, and we have with us a special guest, a friend of ours who lives right here in beautiful Los Angeles. You probably know him from a million things, including the reboot of MST3K. He's a hilarious dude. Jonah Ray, what is up? We love it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so you picked this out of the whole list of topics that we sent you. What drew you to this? Uh, I, I, you know, I love, I love this city. Um, I desperately want to leave, but I love this city. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> and I, I love, like, you know, it's, the, that was the coolest thing I think about when I moved here in 2001 was just being like, that's the, that location, that is this thing. And then, uh, you know, a good pal of mine, Dave Lyons, he's a locations manager. So it's like, he's a guy that knows, like, there's a, a like a, a building near my house in Highland Park that is like uh, a building that's used in a Charlie Chaplin movie. There's, you know, the staircase for the Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Stairs. There's the music box stairs in Echo Park. Yeah. 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 And I'm um, like, it's like in, in downtown, my friend Paul Bonanno lives right next to uh, where the like dead end was uh, for the, you need a medical supply uh, and the graveyard entrance and return of living dead. Like, it's like, I was like, wow. And like blown away by that, how it's, and that's why I love that doc, uh, Los Angeles plays itself. Oh, I've not seen this. No, me neither, but it sounds great. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's very, uh, very heady, a lot like the, um, film Odyssey, the story of film. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Here he is with the guy that is a bubble of Hollywood <laughs> <laughs> film. He loves film, but he hates Hollywood. <laughs> Come like, on, man. Yeah. It's, it's just, <laughs> that's where they make them. No, but he's just, but he talks about like, it's like the story of film is not how you think. It's not a Western point. Of- <laughs> it's like, it's like the first, uh, you know, cut sequence in a film in a short. It was in Germany. And like, it's like, and this one is a Dutch man did this one. All the while people think in Hollywood and he just keeps always refers to it as bull. 
<laughs> I like this, this accent is very Werner Herzog. I, I was going to say it sounds like it was narrated by Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> I can't, like, I can't, I can't tell. And it's funny if you look at the reviews. I think it's available on Hulu now. But if you look at the reviews of this thing, people say if you're not in, if you're not into this guy's voice, you're not going to be into this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, 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 first you know moving images of uh motion pictures and like how he just shows shows you film uh history in a global sense as opposed to you know edison came up with this thing and then all then there was the train and then all chaplin and then yeah. we got brad pitt meanwhile uh the lumiere <laughs> brothers and george meliere uh excuse me <laughs> you know what today we are going to talk specifically not about global cinema. We are narrowing it down. We are focusing on what is the greatest Los Angeles movie of all time. Now, let me ask you guys this. What do you think is the difference when New York is used as a character in a movie versus when Los Angeles is used as a character in a movie? How are those two characters different? Hmm. Well, I'd say, like, you know, New York is, uh, it's about, it seems to be always about the people in the crowds. Mm-hmm. Where um, LA is more about the uh, geography, I'd say is like yeah. the difference, you know, and all the stuff that entails. Where it's like you know, showing when you show, it's like I say, hey, time to do that edit sequence uh, where we're coming into New York and you see buildings, bridges, people. I'm walking here, mm-hmm. uh, and then like LA, it's just like beaches, sunshine, yeah, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the the hills, uh, you know, stuff like that, and then you know maybe a an intersection, a freeway intersection, right? Yeah. The iconic people of New York and the iconic locations of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does seem like, and also it seems to me like New York frequently represents grit or high class and LA is either a uh, grime or glitz. Well, LA, you can pick and choose. That's, I mean, yeah. yeah. Blaine Kapatch that said about LA, it's that it's uh five of the best towns and seven of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get that. Choose, you know, you can, you can be anywhere in this town. It could be a completely different place. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about some completely different places. Uh, the way we yeah. figured we'd like to do this is to, we'll go around. We'll each in turn, I think your nine is a great way to start. And if we each drop in, one, three rounds will have nine. Well, I think we'll have a pretty solid collection of LA movies. Now people I'm sure on the internet will say, you forgot about this one. You forgot about this one. Yes. Frequently we get the silver and bronze medal is strong, but I'm pretty sure we're going to pick the greatest Los Angeles as a city movie. And I think this is going to be uh, a thing that we're going to find out as we go, as we go through it too, is that are we going to be representing Los Angeles as a city uh, as a you know, municipality, or are mm. we going to represent it through show business, which is a very small part of this? Right. Thing. I was gonna. I was. I was wondering yeah. about that. I'm glad you brought it up because I'm sure there will be a couple on here. I know I've got some I'd like to put on. Do we think that movies about Hollywood count as movies about Los Angeles? Well, I mean, I, something like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I forgot to put on this list and is not one of my three, right. is it's it's tied directly into the history of Los Angeles and mm-hmm. the death of the trolleys and the birth of the freeways, but it also is all about show business. There's, there are very few LA-based films that I can think of off the top of my head that don't at least acknowledge how big of a role show business plays here, right? Because it is it sort of covers this. It's the reason why a lot of people move out here. 
It is the upper echelon of earnings, but also there is some sort of a working class that exists in there. So it it's woven into the fabric of the city, but is not what the entire city is. Right. Mm-hmm. No, totally. All right. So we'll just, we'll bear that in mind as we go. Sure. Some of these might be, uh, you know, and we might get specific to some, na- some movies just take place in a neighborhood. Like Paul Thomas Anderson's movies pretty much happen in the valley and they never talk about Hollywood. They never go into Hollywood. It's all just what's happening in the valley. Yeah. But let's get started. Jonah, as our guest, would you like to go first and drop the first movie? Uh, sure. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, for my first movie, I think I'm going to go with Repo Man. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. One of my all-time favorite movies, uh, Al Cox, and it's just it's it's just a fantastic film, but it also very much feels like the LA I kinda knew when I first moved out here because I had a lot of friends in San Pedro and just like going to punk shows and that kind of sprawl of that just it's almost like a western that takes place in whatever that weird area between the suburbs and the city are <laughs> of this town. Yeah, one of those, one of those spots on the map that you're like, Oh yeah, there's this big chunk here. I'm not sure what that is. Like I'm on the five and I know what this is. And then I'm on the five for 10 minutes and now I'm here, but I don't know what happened for the last 10 minutes. Yeah. You're like, it's like Whittier, Vernon, yeah. you know, it's like one of these towns that are just, you know, like 10 minutes away from Hollywood yeah. and Los Angeles. And it's, that's like truly. Los Angeles right there to me. I love that. Yeah. All right. Hal, you want to throw one in the mix? Sure. I'm going to go, I'm going to start with a movie that I think was robbed of a best picture Oscar in 1997, I think it was, which is LA Confidential. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ah. I think it's a, it's a great movie and it captures a specific period of, of LA and it's certainly fictionalized, but it also Mm -hmm. gives you a feel. It's, it's as much as it's sort of tangentially involved in show business, it also feels like, a Los Angeles that would have existed and you get to see some of the different neighborhoods at a different time that we drive through now. And you maybe even see some of the architecture, but it also is, un- you can't, you can't take Los Angeles out of that movie and have it be the same. It's, it's right. It, it needs Los Angeles to exist. And, and, and iconic locations that I'd never heard of before. Like I'd never heard of the Formosa cafe mm-hmm. until that mm-hmm. movie where you're just like oil fields. And then you're like, Oh yeah. Between here and the airport. Yep. (laughs) Oh yeah, there are derricks over there. Yep. I drive past them all the time. It's crazy. You ever drive through that area too? It's like you can kind of like drive around these little like roads in that spot and you're just like you're in the middle of the city. Almost Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. middle. You know, and it's just and you're just in the middle of nowhere, it feels like. Well, isn't a big chunk of that landfill? Oh, isn't Baldwin? like I had heard that there are, there are areas down there that are just straight up landfills and there's the oil derricks on top of those. But for years that was, that's why there's no development on it mm. uh, or was part of why there's no development on it. But there are weird oil derricks all over LA yeah, uh, that are super hidden. Have you guys ever heard about these? Like the, there's the one at Beverly Hills high school. Yeah. And the La Brea, um, there's one on yeah, La Brea near the target. Or Is high- there really? Island near the target. Yeah. It's just, it's got a covering over it. Yeah. They just like put a silo no around idea. it. And they're like, nope, we're not digging for oil right here. Don't worry about it. Wow. Yeah. You mind your business. I mean, the, uh, the grove that that's, they, they struck oil there. Um, and like they, it was like a farm. They struck oil and then they turned it into a racetrack. Uh, it's a, uh, wherever, you know, the farmer's market, the grove area. That's a, uh, yeah. that's a whole like that. There was tons of oil there and they made tons of money. Unbelievable. And they're still making tons of money right there at the grove. 
<laughs> they got a Prada in there and yeah, a Sephora. And a, a two-floor American Girl store, if that's still there. <laughs> I th- I just had this flash that I might have missed. I think, I think Repo Man actually maybe takes place in Orange County or Corona or something like that. I might have messed up. Uh, hold on. I'm going to look it up right now. Oh. Where does Repo... I had this flash of like the opening credits where it's Los Angeles. You're okay. okay great, 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 great. great. Uh, all right. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to put the first of my choices on here. Uh, now this is one, Jonah, you and I moved to Los Angeles the same year in 2001 mm-hmm. and a movie came out right before I moved to LA that at the time seemed aspirational. And then in retrospect, I was like, Oh, this is more a satire on these dudes than it is Hollywood aspirations. And that is swingers. Oh, yeah, sure. But of course, when I first moved to LA, it was, we're going to the Dresden. We're going to that nine hole par three course in Los Feliz. That whole movie is a, is an east side feel. Yeah. No, for sure. And it's like really, it, it was one of the uh, first movies I remember seeing, like when it came out being like, it's like, oh, this is, this is the sad part of yeah. trying to do showbiz. It's just mm-hmm. like hanging out. I was like, I was like, oh, I'm just playing video games. It's like, is this. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, I also hated swing, so I was just, uh, I was like, "Is this the? <laughs> <laughs> Where am I going? Why am I moving here?" One of the reasons I like, I thought I didn't want to move to Los Angeles. Actually, like when I saw that movie, I was just kind of like, "I was like, oh yeah, it's those kinds of guys." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you have to have a wallet chain. You have to have a zoot suit at all times. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But like that movie to me was, you know, I, I wanted to move to Los Angeles. I liked the idea of Los Angeles, and I watched the movie. I was like, "Yeah, that. You know what?" This seems like singing in the rain is amazing and glitzy and glamorous. This seems like the the achievable version of Los Angeles. The like, let me just let me just get by. And I also drove a Cavalier, which is the car that he drove that they made fun of him driving. Well, that's what's funny about that is that that's almost kind of the thing of uh, you know the story you hear about uh, you know the Sex Pistols playing in Manchester, and it was you know it's it's not that they were the most amazing band or the great band, but they were a band that showed everyone in that room. They're like, wait, I can do that. I can go. (laughs) The Smiths and you got the Buzzcocks and you got, you know, yeah, they all came out. Jackson Pollock smears paint all over one canvas and suddenly conceptual art is everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jonah, what else you got for us? Well, this one is, uh, this one's near and dear to my heart. Uh, it's my favorite movie of all time and it is very much a, uh-huh. movie, but it, uh, it kind of coinciding with what you're saying about the, uh, like the, I can do that, that I can, it's, uh, Ed Wood. It's, uh, Tim. Oh, Wood. yeah. I got to think of another movie for my three. Oh, no. Cause like, that's like, that's my <laughs> favorite movie. And it really, it's like, it, it does kind of feel like how you feel when you're out here and you're kind of starting to make stuff and it, and you realize how big when you, like I always say, like when I got out here, it's like, I'm like, I didn't know how to get in. I know I wanted to like act and make stuff. And, and I, but it was just like this, it's almost like there's this dome over the business in this town. You're in it, but you're right outside of it and you can see it. And you just kind of like got to find that way in. And for me, it was like, you know, I was like, oh, if I go up on stage at a coffee shop and start doing stand up, then I'm in showbiz. And I, I, I found the back door to the bubble. Of the- <laughs> yeah. And then you kind of, you sneak in and you, but like when, once you're in there too, you're like, oh, there's a whole other hierarchy ha- happening in here. And Ed Wood is just that, that DIY spirit that I love so much. Just that 
like let's make something let's just make something if it's not la as a character in a physical sense which it is in that movie it's like he's all around los angeles and it's a you know burbank tract home that bella lugosi walks out of or the dentist at that point i'm not sure who it was and he's going to like all the you know uh the the bars over there you know Mm -hmm. not what's the uh what's the michelli's or not the other one there's that those old timey bars. There's Muzo and Frank's, Michelli. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. That I've been to, and like, yeah. and then he, it's like he gets back and he tells his wife, you know, his girlfriend, like it's like uh, he lives, in, like I met Bella Lugosi. He lives in Baldwin Hills. He's very nice, and just like you know, just saying, I was like, oh, I've driven by a sign for Baldwin Hills. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like this whole city is a planet Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I recognize that door. yes and it's uh it's it's just it's such a feel-good movie for me um and i know it's you know it's a it's not a real life you know one-to-one version i know of course harry kind of made it you know feel-good version of that story uh Mm -hmm. of uh, you know addiction and maybe exploitation and whatnot Uh, right but it's uh it really is just something and to know the story too and to like to um you know, on Bella Lugosi's birthday, and I'm not like a guff, but I, mm-hmm. you know, but I love showbiz. And um, on Bella Lugosi's birthday, I looked up where his house was in the hills, uh, which was a very like nice brick house up kind of near Griffith Park area. And then I went to the uh, apartment that he died in. And it's a uh, it's and it's just down the hill. It's just it's, wow. you know, five minute drive. Oh, wow. He was at his height into this little stucco two story, um, you know, the, you could, the parking spot below the apartment and you could see wow. the corner, the corner apartment that uh, the room he died in. And it's wow. yeah, one of the biggest stars in the world. And then, so that's always kind of like a neat, like reminder, I guess, for myself, <laughs> just kind of go, look, it's nothing's permanent. Yeah. This town is up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it really is like it's a great version of that joyful Los Angeles exuberant spirit of, no, I'm going to get a movie made. Yeah. Well, how do you get a movie made? Well, you need money. OK, call the mafia guys. And you're like, what? no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> like it's 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 a lot of fun. And also everyone in that movie, aside from L.A. as a character in it, just I wouldn't even call them cameos. It's just an incredible cast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Martin Landau with his pull the strings monologue and Bill Murray and uh, like Bill Murray's Bunny Breckenridge was such a great, great move on their part. And yeah. Yeah. Everybody's great. Max Casella. And that was the role that uh, Dana Gould was up for the Max Casella role. Oh, really? Whoa. Max Casella, who will always in my mind be the kid from Newsies. Yeah. <laughs> in my, and in my head, he's Vinny from Doogie Hauser. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Of course. Dana is what's crazy about that movie too is like, you know, that's how Dana Gould and I became friends is that mm-hmm. I made a reference to it. He's, he's like, Oh, I, well, you know, Ed Wood. I was like, Yeah, it's my favorite movie. So it's my second favorite movie. And I was like, What's your first favorite movie, Planet of the Apes? And he's like, Well, yes. And then, um, <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Tell <laughs> I me, mean, like, he actually had a very similar story to Ed, a relationship that Ed and Bella had in the movie with, uh, Myra Nermi, uh, who played Vampira. No kidding. The original Vampira, and where he was like taking care of her and helping her out during the later mm-hmm. years of his li- of her life. Wow. She told a story once, uh, and it was a phrase that stuck in my head, and it felt like such a both like both hopeful and sad LA phrase. Uh, and she was talking about living in Los Angeles. This was on NPR once they they were interviewing her, and she said, "I kept myself." 
camera ready for something like 70 years or into however old she was at that point. And the idea of like, that is the, that is a disciplined LA performer right there. Mm -hmm. Regardless of how much work she did or didn't get, that is like her idea of like, no, I am, I am Vampira. I am a star. This is what I do. And I shall remain at any point they can call. And just the phrase camera ready, I guess sticks in my head every time I reach for a bag of Tostitos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the point of like, and it, it's funny, Bruce Campbell talks about that a lot in his uh, first book. Um, uh, if chins could kill, I think mm-hmm. his book. And he just talks about where, when it was time to do army of darkness, like when it was time to do the studio film, the big one, you know, mm-hmm. of the evil dead series, like that, he just started working out like crazy. And yeah, He's like, there's certain things you got. If you're going to be the lead in a big movie, you have to, you have to look it. You have mm-hmm. to real fit. You have to have the teeth. You have to have, you know, yeah. It's if you're going to be a movie star, which that that role needed to have a movie star for that idea to work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess like apparently like you know he to keep up the the body like he would have to work out between you know setups and stuff like that to like squeeze it all in because he was also kind of a producer on the you know movie as well. Yeah. And I guess uh, Sam Raimi just constantly would peek into his little workout room and make fun of him. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, look, he was was doing the job. Yeah, doing the job. Yeah. yeah. I've been hired before and I was like, oh, man, I'm really excited about this job. Wish I got this when I was a little skinnier. (laughs) Oh, most I've ever been on camera was in a stretch where I was like the heaviest as an adult. (laughs) (laughs) Of Meltdown and then. Uh, um, and then like mystery science theater and like the other show I was doing in America, like that's when I gained the most weight as an adult was during that stretch of time. And I was like, oh and I said, I'm like 50 pounds lighter. I'm like, oh, mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cast me now. Come on, guys. <laughs> Listen, if, if they don't like you at your heaviest, they don't deserve you at your thinnest. No, they, but I need them the most. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood. Yeah. All right, Hal, what do you have next? Oh man, I, what I like about Ed Wood as a choice is I feel like it releases me from a lot of showbiz movies. Like I have, mm-hmm. oh, we'll see if they come up. If we, if they don't, we'll do like a little montage. Um, I want to do a super gritty movie from 2001 that covers again, like sort of east, east side, east side towards the southern part of Los Angeles, which is training day. Just like unmistakably, those are neighborhoods in Los Angeles. They're not neighborhoods where I've spent a ton of time. Like they're, they're neighborhoods where generally like, you're told not to go. They're the rougher neighborhoods. And it's, uh, but it feels like a really honest kind of depiction of them. And it is the least showbiz of, of any of the movies I could think of, mm-hmm. but like very real, like this is day to day Los Angeles and this is stuff that could be happening and is happening and should not be happening. And for that reason, it just feels like a, it feels like a good movie to, to have on the list. Mm hmm. Yeah, there's uh, it, it's a, and it, plus it's just a great movie. It is. It's a I great mean, Denzel Washington. Yeah. So good. Ethan Hawke, also great. Terry Crews, who I, I think that's, that's the movie in which he was an extra and they kept using him. And then he, like, that was, that was like where he sort of, uh, helped, that helped to sort of ascend his career. That's how he got, I'm not mistaken. That's how he got into the NFL when he, he was an extra in training day. <laughs> yeah, that got him into the NFL. <laughs> I mean, his showbiz career. I think he was doing extra work on that. I don't think they brought him in as an NFL guy, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I want him to have a Hollywood story. He's like <laughs> such a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he was playing football at this soda jerk. Yeah. And he was discovered by producers. 
the soda jerk was the old name for the stadium where the NFL played in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's right. That's what they called it. Soda jerk field. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to throw one on there. Uh, because I live in the Valley, I want to represent the Valley. But I'm torn, guys. Maybe you can help me out on this one. I think I know the direction I want to go. But I feel like I want to put, because the city is always a character in his movies, specifically my part of the city up here in the Valley. I want to put a Paul Thomas Anderson movie on here. And I'm trying to figure out if I want it to be Magnolia or Boogie Nights. Now, I live right off of Magnolia. so. Part of me wants to just say, oh, it's Magnolia. But I think as far as like a film that captures a lot of things we've talked about so far, the city itself as a character, the ups and downs of show business, and both the glamorous side and the seedy side, I think that's Boogie Nights. Mm. I think it does a good job of using small pieces of all of these different things. That said, and also I feel Magnolia is more of a character study. And uh, Boogie Nights is more of a study of an industry that is so specifically Southern California at that time. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. And plus you get a little South Bay in there because he's from Torrance. That's right. Hey, yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's the one I'm picking. I'm going with Boogie Nights. Yeah. I'm also realizing, too, like when I said, when I picked Repo Man and Ed Wood, I, I kind of guess I thought of my favorite movies. Yeah. Better mm-hmm. movies um, as opposed to what best represents LA, which I think is a different kind of conversation. Well, that is true. But this conversation is what is the best LA movie? Now, the representation of LA that we can talk about once we have our list. I think that is going to be a huge consideration. But technically, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't Tommy Bobo's question. (laughs) And, uh, and you answer the question that Tommy Bobo gives you. (laughs) Make a pick a movie for me. I'm Tommy Bobo. I like movies about L.A. Hey, uh, Mr. Bobo says he likes movies about L.A. Yeah, make him choose on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are a couple that we, just so that we can keep giving our personal faves, I think there's a couple that if they don't appear on this, we'll just p- pass them through anyway because they're sort of generally regarded, I think. Yeah, I guess uh, in my third one then I think is a, a, a good encapsulation of uh the uh spectrum of la uh, and it's what's up rockers i don't know this movie oh it's great it's like you know these like east la you know latino skater hesher kids that they don't really like fit in like with like their the you know the the neighborhood they kind of live in and then they and they're all skaters so they go and to like beverly hills and century city and and kind of show and then like they go skate or hang out over there like they take the bus in and and then they kind of it's just kind of, it really just shows the, you know, the, the dichotomy of Los Angeles of being like, it's like, oh yeah, it's mainly just a big, great Latino suburban neighborhood. Most of this city. Most of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then you just take a bus and then all of a sudden someone who's like born and raised here a few generations deep is going to feel completely out of place, uh, you know, and, yeah. and, and I do too. And I'm, you know, I'm no class warrior. But when I go into that neighborhood, like, it's like, I don't feel good. I don't feel right when I'm in Beverly Hills or when I'm in Century City or in some of these yeah. sort of places like uh, mm-hmm. I have that that thing, you know, like I, I'm, I still like when I was 25 when I realized like Gap wasn't like a high end clothing store. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like Beverly Hills, particularly like Cannon Drive, that whole area in Rodeo, too, are like I know some of the 
brands. I know the mm-hmm. one, the Bulgari or whatever watches where they, where the, the U is a V, but most of them, I don't know any of the brands at all. Mm-hmm. They like, I don't know how any of these stores are able to afford their rent or stay in business. And yet no. they're there. It's like a, there's a completely different Los Angeles that we like, I don't, I could have a billion dollars and I don't know that I would experience it. Yeah. In the same way that, that they do, like and from you see, children on. You see these people like walking around with their, with their, the bags. And you're like, I don't even think I can afford the bag, the paper, <laughs> right? Bring whatever's inside. Like, you know, it's like people see the Grove, um, especially, you know, especially lately on TV with, uh, again, you know, tagged up and stuff. But it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, it's like, yeah, that's nice, but it gets so much nicer. Yeah. The first as you go into these mm-hmm. this, these neighborhoods and it's it's disgusting <laughs> i mean like i think about like like if i went to the westfield mall one of the great old school valley malls i feel like i could go inside there and there's a good chance that i would be physically able to purchase nearly any single item in that mall yeah. Like have the physical capability to do it. Or I think if store. I went to something from uh, uh wet seal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like if I go to Rodeo drive, there is not a single store in that whole area that like just walking in the door feels out of my price range, my league range, my class range. You know what I mean? It just, it feels, it's a weird place that feels like it's for not very many people. And then for tourists to go and look at, which I feel like when I go there, I feel like a tourist. Yeah. Because it is one of those places that you take family when they come to visit LA. You're like, okay, you want to see Beverly Hills and Rodeo Drive and cause that's all glitzy and you've seen it in movies. Yeah. Yeah. But you want to take them to like this good restaurant in East Hollywood. You, know, you want to take them to Jitlada to go get some spicy food and say, yeah. Hey, look, there's a receipt that had Matt Groening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. What's your go-to restaurant when you have people come in from out of town? Where do you take them? Um, shoot. Yeah, where do I take people? I mean, mainly I just take you know take them to vegan places. Uh, Are so. you vegan? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So it's like I just kind of go this, this. See, it's it can be good. <laughs> okay, let me ask let me ask you this then as a vegan because in my neighborhood, what part of town are you? Highland Park. Highland Park. In my neighborhood there are two vegan places who have two vastly different views on vegan food. Mm-hmm. There's Veggie Grill. Love it, which is great. It is a celebration of the vegetable and a celebration of veganism. Uh then there is Something Vegan, which seems more like vegan versions of classics that i knew from mostly bars because it's like burgers and nachos and wings and all of these are you a celebrant of the vegetable or are you a substituter oh i think you know i like both and i think both are you know great it's just sometimes something nothing beats a sandwich you know yeah i feel you nothing beats a burger nothing um uh, you know, it's, it's, it's it, for me, it's, it's for the longest time I like ate very vegan and also ate meat. And it just kind of depended on what I felt like at the time, mm-hmm. you know, cause sometimes I, I did like the taste of like garden burgers. And sometimes I just kind of felt like a garden burger as opposed to like a beef burger, you know, I feel you. I used to get a, a, a veggie burger at Subway and put bacon on it. Yeah. You know what? I did that too. Cause it's good. It's a good combo. It's a, yeah, yeah it's pretty delicious. 
<laughs> it's like it was the veggie max patty. Yeah. Uh, and veggie, veggie max patty and then the smartest animal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. I apologize no, it's to a, all of my vegan friends. You already ate it. It's fine. You have to live with that. That's true. <laughs> Just live with it and have joy in it. Yeah. I did bring up that I was vegan mainly so I could uh, uh, hold it over you guys. That's, that's fair. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You know they said, like, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels? That's kind of the same idea with a video. <laughs> Nothing you eat will taste as good as telling people that you do that, that way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. No, I asked. You did not offer. I asked if you were vegan. Oh, and I gave it up. I gave you up. really did. You did not. You did not. No, no, I don't want to talk about that. You went straight in. Yeah. yeah. But you're not wrong. Uh, you're better than both of us. Um, all right, Hal, what's, what's your next movie on the list? Oh, man, I have so many I want to add, but I feel like if this movie is not on the list, I'm going to add list, I'm going to add Pulp Fiction in Chinatown, regardless of if anyone says them. OK, then I then I'm, all right, I'll pull back on Chinatown because that was the one I was going to add. Yeah, um, I want to go with Friday because it's it's a classic comedy and it takes place in South Central. And that's not a neighborhood that's generally served. But that's like that's like L.A. That is a. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Entire, again, like another part of LA that, that I don't have a ton of experience with. And mm-hmm. it is a really, really funny movie. It's, it's great. It's really like fires on all cylinders. And it's also like, it's, it's about the neighborhood in which it takes place. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, like, I, I love that movie. I think it's one of the funny, it's one of the best comedies. And when I was living in San Pedro, San Pedro, you know, down, uh, which is this kind of the South Bay of Los Angeles, still part of Los Angeles, the city of Los Angeles, because mm-hmm. San Pedro is not its, its own city, uh, but down by the ports. I remember mm-hmm. I lived on a street, uh, and there was like th- about three houses in a row full of people that were all friends. And we all, like, just sat on porches. Like, you know, you, everyone, you would get off of work and you would sit on the porch, people would come by. People would walk by and like, I was just like, I remember always being like, this is like Friday. This is what Los Angeles is about. Just sitting on a porch and we would just drink and just, and then people would kind of come in and out and sometimes things would get crazy. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) It is a great depiction of, yeah, that's so often the best place to be in Los Angeles. When you live in New York, the worst place to be is home because that's the worst thing about New York. All the apartments are tiny, but the city is amazing. In LA, you've got a little more space. You got a yard. Everybody drives everywhere. So one destination is nice. And if you have people in the neighborhood, I, there's just something lovely about a porch hang in Los Angeles. Hmm. Yep. All right. I'm going to throw onto this list. I have a, I made this giant list and now I, I don't know what to, what to pull from it. You know what? I'm going to say I do want to put another Hollywood movie on the list because I, I just love. I just love this movie. I think it's brilliant. I think it's one of the best versions. I think it's what La La Land wanted to be or is inspired by. I think so many people have been inspired by it over the years. And it does have some locations in it. And that's Singing in the Rain. Yeah. Oh, I do. I, I think that movie best encapsulates the joy and the uh, and the promise, albeit entirely fictional of Hollywood like that. If, if people move to LA for the Hollywood dream, I think singing in the rain is the version of it that many people come for. Yeah, no, it is. It's such a good movie. Yeah. It's so yeah. effortlessly huge and big. Yeah. And that there's that, uh, modern dance part that you can take a nap in towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's, it's, a, there's some moments. Sure. I get it. <laughs> uh, that's why I think I, 
I would just be fine with that that whole sequence if I didn't love the rest of the movie so much. If the rest of the movie yeah. was paced like a motherfucker, that movie moves and it's funny and it just builds and then it just takes. And I know that's kind of the idea. Mm-hmm. It, like it's like, and then we're gonna do this sequence that's like, and then they tell a whole other kind of story. And I know that was the idea of it, but I just go get on with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give us more Gene Hagen, <laughs> who is, in my opinion, the greatest thing about that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene Hagen, who played Lena Lamont, is one of the underrated comedy foils because she gets to play a sort of comic villain, mm-hmm. but also with this insane, insane slapstick voice. Yeah. And all the scenes with the microphone. I think it's just, she's such an MVP in that movie. And it's so funny. Yeah. I, I, man, and I just recently watched, I never saw it when it came out. I just watched it for the first time was the, the artist, which I think is a nice little companion piece too. I did love the artist. I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I knew I was going to like it because I love his movies anyway, but I was just, I was like, God, and that guy was his John. Jean Reno, not Jean Reno. Uh, Jean Reno, yes. Jean Reno, Jean <laughs> Reno with the, when he, when he took that helicopter into the tunnel at the mm-hmm. end of, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I thought I just, I was blown away by that guy. Amazing. You, you know, another movie that I think is a companion piece to it is Hail Caesar, which oh, yeah. I think is a real, like, uh, that, that feels like the Coen brothers movie that's maybe the most divisive among people who either, you either love it or hate it. And I, as soon as the movie ended, when I went to, when I saw it in the theater, I was like, Oh, this is a slice of life movie. And mm-hmm. once I latched onto that premise, I thought it was so good yeah. and such a great snapshot. Again, like an idealized, this oddly warped, Cohenized, idealized version of what, of what Hollywood is from the, the, uh, the number with Scarlett Johansson and the pool to mm-hmm. the entire scene with, um, what's his name? Han Solo, young Han Solo being directed. I can't remember his name. Sorry. Uh, that, but just Karen Edgerton. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Sure. Sure. Mix them up, Mark. (laughs) No. All of young Hollywood. All hot solos look the same to me. That's right. Uh, but they have, they, they have those, like, uh, they'll do those every once in a while, those slice of life. And you, they're not immediately apparent, like a serious man. That's Mm -hmm. a slice of life of like Midwest, uh, you know, Jewish Midwesterners. Uh, and then you got inside Lewin Davis, which is like, you know, that's, it does it, it just things happen and sometimes they you know you you know they just go they because they're trying to subvert their own expectations i think a lot yeah with that stuff but yeah i, I think hail caesar is a lot of fun a lot yeah. of, and then the, you know the, like hail caesar the artist and um uh singing in the rain those are all uh movies about uh studios as well if, yeah like they're all Which are a huge part of uh life in los angeles is they're everywhere for anyone i know I don't know anyone in part of the studio. <laughs> but one time I've been like on a lot is because I was visiting a friend that like uh, it was a PA on, you know, a TV show. Maybe it's because I worked at Universal for so long. I worked at Universal Studios for nine years. And so that was just such a huge part of my life being on this giant movie studio. And we used to jog the back lot at night as our like workout time before uh, rehearsals, before we do late night rehearsals. And it, there's just something really cool about running around the Western town and where Lon Chaney did all of his horror movies. Yeah. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous back lot. I yeah. think, you know, I think it's mainly like I've, I've auditioned on lot before, but I, mm. and I think the whole process of getting on the lot is what makes me f- up the auditions. <laughs> oh, that it just, 
that it takes you a long time and that it's like, that is it that excited. it's nerve wracking or what? It's nerve the parking, getting there, finding the spot, looking at the map, also like mm-hmm. all this time to build up. And then like, you know, everyone knows, everyone knows why you're there. This lost person with sides <laughs> holding a picture of themselves. Yeah, just like, where's, where's fame? <laughs> <laughs> See the, the last, <laughs> the last two times I was on a lot for, for audition, one of which went uh, really well, one of which went very poorly. Both times I walked out, I was like, yes, I'm, I have an appointment to be on this movie lot and walk through with sides. Like, oh, yes, I remember <laughs> you background actors. I'm here to read for this thing I won't get. <laughs> Hollywood. I, um, I was in an episode. I was supposed to have like two lines, three lines or something like that, uh, in an episode of the Sarah Silverman program. Great show. Yeah. Great show. And, uh, and then um the the I think it was like the morning of or the or the the night before I get a call from Sarah and I think you know John Trader or some of that uh and going like hey we got bad news we had to like shuffle around stuff for the budget and because we had so many speaking lines we now have to like either take your part out or take your lines out and I was like oh well mm. and like I didn't want to gamble on not being in the show at all because it right. wasn't mm-hmm already on the way and i didn't want to be like yeah well you'll get me next season or something like that i was just like no i'll go i'll go i, I don't care if i don't have lines i just want to be a part of it and then like the weird thing the, it was the worst thing uh because technically now i wasn't like a principal and mm-hmm. so i had to stand in front of like two different uh coordinators while they argued who was who was responsible for me and where i should be hanging out <laughs> Jeez. Oh. God. Yeah, if you're like in uh if you're in background holding or if you mm-hmm. get to go to the green room and hang out with your friends. Exactly. And then luckily I think Doug Benson was walking by because I think he was like in the episode or in another scene they were shooting for that sh- and like he's he's like, he's fine, he's with he'll he'll be in my area. And like it was just the most like degrading moment. <laughs> <sighs> Wait, Hollywood has degrading moments? <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Yeah. I always think about like LA story is is also like another like LA I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's in LA. Nobody knows like the roller skates and the, I mean, it's just a fantasy version of it. Sure. But it is a, it is yeah. a, a person's point of view of what would be fun in Los Angeles. Yeah. They have, isn't the, mm-hmm. the whole half calf, non decaf of the twist of lemon. That's at the Ivy. Is it the Ivy? Yeah. And I, I went to the Ivy recently, I think for either my father's birthday or my wife's birthday. What somebody's birthday, we went there and the entire time I, I all I could think was, Nobody in this restaurant thinks I should be here, including me. <laughs> there are so many places like that in L.A. And frequently I've found myself it's on set that that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, like, what do you do? Like, but that's the thing. Like here there is so much imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even the people who are top of their game and killing it. It's still it, imposter syndrome is impossible to avoid here. You were set up for it. Yeah. I mean, and it will happen even when you feel that you're like at your, your peak. Yeah. I was, we were shooting the second season of, uh, Mystery Science Theater, uh, -hmm. studios and, um, Although I saw like Ted Sarandos and a few like Netflix, high end Netflix executives like walking into the, you know, the soundstage and I'm in my jumpsuit, you know, all done up. And then like mm-hmm. I go, oh, hey. And then like the guy just goes, hey, where's Patton? <laughs> and he goes, hey, where's Patton? I go, oh, he's over there. Yeah, we're just uh, getting ready to shoot a scene. Uh, like uh, he's like, right on. And then just walks away. Like it's like, I'm the, I'm know, the human. 
I'm a human and the quote unquote, like the star of this show that you're putting out. And, and I'm not saying like, I'm the most famous. I'm just saying like, I'm the lead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like, where's Patton Oswalt? Okay. Well, see you around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, LA. Oh, LA. By the way, by the way, another companion piece, a companion piece to Ed Wood, that idea of self-made movies is Bowfinger, which is another Steve Martin LA Mm -hmm. kind of showbiz love letter that is sort of like a forgotten, feels like it's a a forgotten classic for both him and Eddie Murphy. And it's for each of them, I think one of their best movies. I remember that. Absolutely love it. It's, I, I liked it. And then I, I remember like, like there was that time when I first started doing comedy, I remember, uh, Ambar and Bob Odenkirk had this joke he would always do. Like, uh, he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I saw the, they had the, uh, uh, special edition DVD of Bowfinger. When I looked at the special features, it said, does not include the movie Bowfinger. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, Come on, Bob. Uh, Embar classic. This was, uh, this was, uh, Embar. You, you're talking the, uh, the, yeah, 2002, three, 2003, when three. it was, uh, Death Ray was there, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. You Death Ray. It was, uh, it was just called the Embar for a while. And I think like maybe like a year and a half in, they, they like, we had, they came up with the name Comedy Death Ray mm-hmm. and then it became Comedy Bang Bang. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was at the first show. I got, I was at an yeah. open mic and BJ and Scott Ackerman were just like, they're like, Hey, we're about to do a show. Like we're gonna start the show next week. Come on by. I love it. <laughs> that's Los Angeles. And that's you know what? That feels like that's more of an LA story to me than any of anything you see in a movie where it's a producer is in the audience and sees someone do a thing and walks up to them and says, you know, come to my office on Monday and we'll sign a contract. No, it's you go to a comedy theater with like-minded people who do a thing that you like. They like what you do in that same world. And then you guys spend years, you know, crossing each other's paths and working on each other's stuff. And uh, it gets more and more notoriety. Yeah. I always think of uh, a line that um, Steve Martin has in Born Standing Up uh, where he's just like, he's like, I didn't, I didn't like, I wasn't fighting against a bunch of naysayers. I'm paraphrasing here, but like, he's Mm -hmm. like, he's like, you know, I didn't like fight my way and crawl my way up to the top. I just took incremental steps with a few intuitive leaps. And I always think about that. And oh, yeah. I had those like I, I I know I had that one where I was I finally got like a job like uh, as a writer on a show that was just going to keep going and it was a, it was a crappy shows like uh you know infotainment but like I was in charge of kind of like the comedy bits and and it was going to keep on going but then there was this funnier show that like I would be able to like direct sketches and do all these kind of weirder things that I wanted to do and it was only they were only had eight episodes picked up and this other show was going to go for uh, uh two years it was already going to just it was on current TV and I was just like I was like. Oh man, I know. So I took the intuitive leap. Like I just like I was like, you know, f- it. I just want to follow like you know the artistic passion, the excitement, mm-hmm. and it and then ended up like I met people and it kind of got better and better, you know, and because I took that intuitive leap. So it's like that's the main thing. It's it's rare that it's ever just it's like it's like you made it, you know. Not everyone like that, you know. B J Novak, like mm-hmm. even though the guy yeah. was extremely talented and very funny right off right out of the gate, Jared Grody always used to have this joke about him. They said. uh BJ Novak moved out to Los Angeles with the shirt on his back and the directions to a staff writing job on a network sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> well, he made the most of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have our nine. And I, of course, put because I, I do feel like these two are already on the Mount Rushmore of Los Angeles movies, Chinatown and Pulp Fiction. Yeah, we haven't talked about them yet. We can talk about them now. I also, uh, real quick, it's not going to be in the top, but I want to say Beginners is also a good LA movie. Beginners, mm. exist uh, in uh, 
in Los Angeles and on the east side, like Silver Lake area in a, yeah. in a great way. Well, look, if we're if we're throwing out uh, if we're throwing out honorable mentions that we don't have to really talk about, <laughs> Hal already threw out Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I'll throw out 500 Days of Summer and Double Indemnity. Both great L.A. movies. Yeah. Sunset yeah. Boulevard. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great noir meets Hollywood. Uh, yeah. Big Lebowski is oddly Hollywood, even though it's, again, like a weird Cohenized version of it. Mm-hmm. And a, and Star Lane's The Bowling Alley at it, which no longer exists. And uh, our friend Eric Edelstein has a pin. He was there the night it closed and he got a pin from uh from the lanes. Is that where that thing's from? Uh-huh. I never knew that. I just knew he had a bowling pin in his house. Yeah. I think I think we were we were I we were already together at Second City by the time mm-hmm. it happened and uh and he was there because he was so into that movie. And, oh yeah. And going there, like that was that became an LA experience for him going to that yeah. bowling lane. So it was a shame when it closed. Yeah. I remember like everyone being so disappointed that didn't have those uh light up neon lights. Uh, that was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, like, hey, this doesn't look exactly like it. What did they had said dressing on this thing? <laughs> That's why they tore it down. Yeah. yeah, it was torn down by the people of Los Angeles who visited. <laughs> Actually, tourists. They weren't. They didn't live here. They were just upset. So they and John, their hands. the the diner they go to is uh is is still standing, but only for rent for shooting. Oh yeah, yeah that's the one on on La Brea, right? La Brea I, it's it's on the Wilshire. Wilshire. No. Or it's a Wilshire and Fairfax, right by the Peterson Automotive Museum. Right, right. And I always, I never think of that from the Big Lebowski. I always think of that from American History X. That's right. Because oh, when yeah. I moved to LA, I was like, that's not in Venice. <laughs> <laughs> which, by the way, it does have another function now, which it actually kind of doesn't need anymore. If you've been by there recently, they have all of these surfaces on the outside that are paintable. It was a giant Bernie Sanders mural. That was Bernie's California headquarters. Right. Was, uh, was that diner. Yes. Uh, even though it's a, a lot of New York, there's a lot of, uh, specifically LA, uh, things that happen in usual suspects. That is true. Yeah. When they come out to hmm. Korean bell, when they get to Los Angeles, that's the French, Korean friendship bell, which is actually right next to sunken city in a, in a point firm in park, which is where they spread Donnie's ashes in the big Lebowski. <laughs> wow, man. When Edelstein was into that movie, do you know how many times I got yelled at and called Donnie? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch the reference. I saw that movie once in the theater. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he calling me Donnie? I'm Mark. Does he not remember me? <laughs> Should I right. talk to him about it? Uh, Let's sorry. take a quick break. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, I'm sorry. I keep on derailing. Oh, yeah. please. Not at all. This whole show is about derailing. We, we could have Mark. We could have picked this movie in three can seconds. I, can I say two more before we take a break? Just two. Oh, yeah. Break. I'm sorry. To, Hal, I didn't get to yours. Two cop movies. One is Die Hard, which is not really about the city, but about <laughs> like a New York guy who's transplanted. And the Nakatomi Plaza is, is over... Uh, is owned by Fox, so you can drive past the actual building and pretty much all the time. It's the same building. The inside is where they shot uh, uh, Mad Men. Yes. Oh, no kidding. Center Studios right next to downtown. And then the other is, I have a weird thing where I've, even as a Jewish guy, I've compartmentalized Mel Gibson's films to everything before Passion of the Christ (laughs) being stuff that I enjoy. (laughs) And I think Lethal Weapon, which is a sort of a genre-creating film, also mm-hmm. kind of took cops out of LA and or out of New York. Like it felt like that, that, that sort of had like a ownership of, of cop drama and mm-hmm. brought it to Los Angeles and made the city, the city as the films progressed became more of a character, specifically the third one where Murtaugh's son, one of his friends is killed because he's trying to, he's gets jumped by a gang, I think. 
Yeah. We also uh, really should mention Boys in the Hood, which is a very L.A. Yes. Movie. Oh, yeah. There's a whole speech about gentrification as well. Mm hmm. Yeah. Look, guys, I, this I have a very long list that uh, I've been deleting movies from. It's like just blaze through it, blaze through it. And we won't stop and talk about anyone. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I will blaze through the list that I have and I won't stop talking about any of them. Okay. Uh, Blade Runner, Heat, La La Land, The Player, Barton Fink, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Mulholland Drive, Straight Out of Compton, LA Story, uh, Jackie Brown. The, I'm skipping the ones we've already said. Safe, uh, Magnolia, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Clueless Drive, Boys in the Hood, Speed, Rebel Without a Cause, Punch Drunk Love, Die Hard We Got, uh, To Live and Die in L.A., The Graduate, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Troop, Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2, and, of course, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Perfect. Now no one can get angry. Yeah. yeah. We said all of them, everybody. <laughs> uh, also the big picture. Great. Okay. We forgot about the player. <laughs> yeah. When we, oh, I said the player, didn't I? Well, I don't know. I thought I that, you that went was too fast, Mark. None Look, of the movies I'm, you said count. I'm like the Micro Machines guy. I was gonna say. <laughs> um, when we come back, we're going to dig through these movies and we're going to find out which movie is the best Los Angeles movie of all time. But in the meantime, please enjoy hearing about all of the other, not all, some of the other great podcasts on the Maximum Fun Network. Two of them. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. Hi, I'm Lori Kilmartin. And we have a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show. Who are you, Lori Kilmartin? Oh, my God. So much pressure. Uh, I'm a stand-up. I've been doing stand-up since 1987. Uh, I'm a writer for Conan. I've written a couple books, have a couple CDs out, have a special out. Who are you, Jackie? Well, I, too, am a stand-up comic since 1984. And uh, I do the road like a maniac and uh, don't have a cool writing job, but I have four albums out working on a new album. We talk about stand-up. We talk about uh, all the different parts of stand-up comedy. So that's the Jackie and Lori show, and you should subscribe on Maximum Fun if you want to hear that. <laughs> and I would encourage you not to. Hi, I'm Dave Hill from before, and I'm very excited to bring Dave Hill's podcasting incident back to Maximum Fun where it belongs. You can get brand new episodes every Friday on MaximumFun.org or, you know, wherever. And while my partner Chris Gersbeck and I might lack in specific subject matter on our podcast, we make up for in special effects. Chris, add something cool right here. Also, we have explosions, animal noises, and sometimes even this. Dave Hill's podcasting incident Every Friday on Maximum Fun. Chris, do another explosion right here. All right, we're back. Let's look at this list, guys. I, I know it was a little bit of cheating to put Pulp Fiction and Chinatown on there, but they're both, I mean, they're AFI top 10 or to top 20 movies of all time already. And LA is such a huge character in both of those. Mm -hmm. And both of them are by, of course, as so often is the case on this show when we're comparing things, uh, problematic. Um, one for its director, a nearly perfect film by a very problematic director mm -hmm. and another nearly perfect film with some very problematic language in it. Mm -hmm. That said, let's talk about these movies. You guys can see the list. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, where do you want to start? How do you want to do this? Do you want to eliminate one at a time and give, uh, leaving applause? You know, I'm going <laughs> to take out one of mine. I'm going to take out uh, Repo Man because it kind of exists even though it is set in LA it kind of exists nowhere and that's kind of the idea mm -hmm. of it I think, you know? Right. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, well, let's have that conversation now then about place. What do you think makes an LA movie, the character of LA in a movie, what makes it the character or, or which of these use it best? I guess showbiz guys. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm sorry. Say that again. You cut out a little bit. Oh, we're three showbiz guys. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's like, we're going to lean towards something that involves showbiz. And, but that's, that's, that's our perception. That's our, you know, that's our point of view. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and are we going to try and usurp that uh, by saying like, it's like, well, you know, this movie, even though we, yeah, I, I don't know. That's the, that's the trouble I'm having right now. Like there are more, there are more people in LA who are the characters from what's up rockers than there are people in who LA who are the characters from swingers. So like all my friends from that, like down in San Pedro area, it's like, it's like none of them are involved in showbiz. Like they're in punk yeah. band. That doesn't mean, you know, they're not like, uh, so if you gave them a, like this list, you know, they would just say, what's the best LA movie. They like, you know, who knows what they say. Right. Right. So. And I'm definitive and it's going to go into the time capsule we're all making. So this is true. definitive for all time, for all people. So <laughs> yeah, that's it. So we, we do have to be, we do have to, you know, take that into account. It's a responsibility that we bear with a plum. Um, <laughs> you know, um, then I, you know what, then while we're, while, because you did say we're all, we're all show business guys. I will eliminate one of mine that I think is, it is a great, great classic movie. But it is not in remotely an accurate depiction of Hollywood, much less Los Angeles. And that is Singing in the Rain. Good call. As wonderful as that movie is, it is not accurate to Hollywood. I also think that uh, LA Confidential flew because Chinatown had circled the entire galaxy 28 times. I think yeah. it's so much better a movie and they're so similar to one another. Chinatown was going to be my first choice on the list, but I also felt like I'm going to wait it out and see if anybody else adds it. So, so that's why I went with LA confidential, which I still love. I can watch it anytime. I think it's another close to a flawless movie with really great performances, but Chinatown is so much better. And it's also about the history of Los Angeles and how it became even more urbanized and, and mm-hmm. what it was like at that time as it started to, as it was starting to change. So I, for that reason, I'm going to take LA confidential off the list. Mm. So what we're looking at now is swingers, Ed Wood, training day, boogie nights, what's up rockers, Friday, Chinatown and Pulp Fiction. Mm. Yeah. And you know what? If we're looking at character studies, studies of interesting characters where Los Angeles is, is a character, I think this one is going to suffer from the same thing LA Confidential did, which is, uh, yeah, Boogie Nights is a great study of these fascinating underworld characters and it travels all over LA, but it doesn't do it as well as Pulp Fiction does. That's very true. Also the house, the main house that they're in. Mm-hmm. That's way out in Pomona, not L. <laughs> Is oh, it really? Oh, Mel and I did a photo shoot there for, uh, I think it was like Wired or something like that. I can't mm-hmm. remember, uh, but it was like we were doing, we were taking pictures in this house, and I was like, man, this is the house looks so familiar. And someone's like, it's the Boogie Nights house, and I just start walking around, going, oh my, oh my, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's also way smaller than like you think it's gonna be, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But like the pool. The bar, the hallway, the driveway that kind of goes down to where William H. Macy's wife was uh, the dude in front of people. <laughs> like, nuts. it was nuts. But like, yeah. So I, I'd say, I'd say, yeah, we could take out Boogie Nights. Great. 
Um, so here's what we're looking at now. We have six remaining. That's, that's two more than a, two more than a Mount Rushmore gets and five more than we get. So Ed Wood training day, Chinatown pulp fiction Friday and what's up rockers. Uh, um, <clears throat> is it my turn to eliminate one? Oh yeah. Is that how it works? Well, I don't, we don't, we don't have to. We can just talk about it. I want to know more about what's up rockers because I've never seen it. Me too. I think that we should take it off. (laughs) It's going to be hard to debate it any further with you guys having never seen it, which is not, which is not a dig. It's a great movie. And I think it's Mm -hmm. somewhere, it's streaming somewhere. I think maybe on a, on Amazon prime. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun movie and it just shows the, you know, the, the 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 varied spectrum of los angeles but uh mm-hmm. but let's take it out just because it's going to be hard to uh you know really dig down any further than what i've told you fair enough uh right. though it i do feel a little bad about that first of all i'm not a vegan uh but also <laughs> because um because we really don't have this is not a terribly representational list because of our experiences as people who work in the business we work in mm-hmm. um so much the vast like you said the vast majority of los angeles is latino neighborhoods we're two and a half hours from mexico for god's sake Mm -hmm. like we're practically a border town actually when i moved to new york that was one thing i really missed was la's mexican culture there are a lot there are a million diverse groups and people and fascinating things in new york but man there's something really wonderful and cool and warm and delicious with the food and yeah. fun and uh exciting about mexican culture in los angeles and it always has been it's one of those things that made me love it here yeah it's 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 one of the best things it's like that's it's most of the neighborhoods i've lived in have been mostly you know i've you know been like one of the spotted white people like you know in, right in the neighborhood and i and i wouldn't have it i i love it they're just yeah. best <laughs> And it also, I, I see things like in my neighborhood now, like even in my building, I see things that I saw growing up in Tennessee that I'm like, oh, I guess all people aren't that different, except, you know, here they're speaking Spanish and in Tennessee they were speaking English while one guy worked on his car and four people stood around drinking, telling him what he was doing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. I think that's just cause like, that's what I was used to growing up in Hawaii was just mm-hmm. like, very, very similar. Just, you know, just same exact thing. Just like people just hanging out. Yep. Yeah. I 100%. love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we do still have a great hanging out movie on this list. Yeah. And that is Friday. And with weed being legal in Los Angeles, it is nice that we have some uh, marijuana representation on this list. Wasn't legal then. That's true. That's right. That's right. So wait, what are the four left? Is, is it uh, five, uh, six, six left? There's six left. Uh, Swingers, Edward. Well, we took eleven because of Chinatown and Pulp oh, Fiction, that's right? Because those, I mean, those are going to be hard to sure. Those are going to be hard to beat. Like we knew that there were going to be a lot of there were going to be a lot of fights against Glass Joe and Piston Honda, but we knew we were eventually going to have to fight Mike Tyson. I like the analogy. Thanks. So we have Swingers, Edward, Training Day, Chinatown, Pulp Fiction, and Friday. Uh... Jeez. Are there any other criteria that we're thinking about that would help us? Have we talked about LA as a city? Do all of these represent Los Angeles sufficiently as a city? I wonder if part of it would be when you think of this movie, does it evoke Los Angeles? Is it something you Mm -hmm. identify with the city? You know, if I lived anywhere else and, you know, most of these films I saw 
either within a couple of years of moving to Los Angeles or they came out after I had moved here. So mm-hmm. I just wonder if, if any of these feels like, oh, that's, that is a definite, like Training Day is a great movie and it is, you appreciate it at a, at a much deeper level, the Los Angeles of all of it once you've lived mm-hmm. here. But I don't know if, if I'd seen it outside of the city, if I would, if that, if I would be like Los Angeles, that's what, that's like training day city. Like that's, that's a very right. good point. Cause yeah, if, if you say it that way, then like I start to lean more towards swingers Friday, Ed Wood, maybe not even Ed Wood, like, like swingers is like swingers is like a very LA movie. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. And uh, using that by that metric, while they are both great movies, and I gave this one a pass right to the finals, but I don't know how many people see Pulp Fiction and think Los Angeles. Yeah, it's like saying like same thing. It's like Reservoir Dogs is mm-hmm. when you see it mm-hmm. when you're when you live here, you're, you know exactly. I mean, you know, I live two blocks away from where you know Steve Buscemi shot the you know shot the lady in the car. That's that's like right down the street near Pat Lorraine's and all that. But it's like it's not an LA movie. Same with Pulp Fiction, and that's 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 mm-hmm. you know even Jackie Brown, which is uh like that's you know that's that's a that's a not Torrance. What what town is the Del Amo Mall in? Is it Torrance? It is in Torrance. Yeah, yeah, which is its own city, which is in LA. Right. So yeah, like, man, yeah. boy, you go to these cities on the outside of Los Angeles. They do not like being called L.A. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. What a compromise that was. <laughs> the the Angels Angels of Anaheim. <laughs> <laughs> For God's sake. Now they're just the Los Angeles Angels, right? Yeah. They straight up just got rid of Anaheim. That's yeah. right. Um. So yeah, the, do you want to eliminate Training Day and Pulp Fiction from this list? Yes. I think so, yeah. Eliminating yeah. some great movies. They're all great movies. They're all great. That's the thing. They're all yeah. great movies. But which one do you think Los Angeles? Here's what we have left. We have Swingers. We have Edwood. We have Chinatown. And we have Friday. Chinatown, even though it is about Los Angeles, mm-hmm. not really an L.A. movie, I, I'd say. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's just mainly because it's, it's a... It, you know, it's a story. Uh, it, it, there's the two different stories of the, the water and the, uh, yeah, it's like, it, it, but it's not really, it could, you know, that could have happened. That story could have happened somewhere else. I don't know though, because like the whole thing is that it's, that there's steel, like it, because of its historical accuracy to that specific thing, you know what I mean? That whole Mulholland stealing the water from the Colorado river. But I get what you're saying in like, these are noir characters and like an office could be an office anywhere. Yeah. You know, going, showing up at a construction site could be showing up at a construction site anywhere. Is it that it's less in the visuals? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Cause it's also, it's just like, you know, because it's a, it's an, it's now the oldest movie we have on here, but it's also, mm-hmm. it takes place in a time even way before that. Right. Yeah. And that's another thing I think we're running into showbiz guys that have really just known this city intimately for uh, only, you know, a couple decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it also, the thing about Chinatown is it is it's, it's about the period and it's about Jack Nicholson's character way more than it's about Los Angeles is the backdrop for everything. Right. And it, it drives the plot, but it doesn't yeah. drive who the characters are. It doesn't feel like, I hate to say that ever since I saw the movie, they came together I <laughs> to say like, so you're saying LA is a character in the story. Uh, 
<laughs> it, do, it does have that feel to it. But I think that is kind of what we're looking for is that mm-hmm. Los Angeles is, is, is a more important part of it than just the backdrop for everything that happens. Like it could, I kind of agree with Jonah. It could have been in any city and it could yeah. have been about something else. Oh, they like, show, they show something that was actual history, but it's still like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like I, I came into this thinking it's the clear winner because I think it's the, mm-hmm. maybe the best movie set in Los Angeles. I might, well, that, I think, that. yeah, I think Pulp Fiction and but, Chinatown are probably subject or objectively the best of the movies, like the best f- specimens of a movie set in LA, but not the best LA movie. Right. It's like with like Chinatown, if they had moved it they, to another city, they could still call it Chinatown. Yeah. And also they could come up, they could f- find some other municipal conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. There's yep. always going to, you can always find a municipal MacGuffin for any of these. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, oh, and also Roman Polanski's a monster. <laughs> Goodbye, Chinatown. See ya. Oh, here are final three gents: Swingers, Ed Wood, and Friday. We have one that represents. We're all roughly the same age. One that represents pretty much us, mm-hmm. straight white dudes uh, at the turn of the millennium in Los Angeles, hustling to make a living. Yeah, living in or around and hanging out Los Feliz area. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Like that, it is that specific. Yeah. Uh, Ed Wood, which is uh, a representation of Hollywood. So we get that Hollywood angle, but we also get a nice tour of the city, a specific time in the city's history, and the personality of the type of person that moves to this town to pursue that Hollywood dream. And then we have Friday, which is a hilarious representation of just being in Los Angeles and having nothing to do with show business. Yeah. Uh, and just what light, like what actual life feels like here. Does Friday travel enough? Here's the, that's what like, I was, is Friday a neighborhood movie or is it a city movie? Friday is like, and that's the thing. LA is a huge suburb, right. of course, but I think maybe the, like besides it just being funny, it had mass appeal. Because it was just people hanging out on a porch on a suburban street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It like it, it didn't have to be, you know, South LA for it to, uh, right. work. those guys could have been hanging out in the suburbs of any city, just yeah. being bored and, you know, getting high and like just hanging out and worried about, you know, neighborhood, neighborhood weirdos and bullies. Is there something to the fact that it's the only film of these three that is about native Angelinos? Mm. swingers is a very yeah. specific reference like i certainly i identify with it i came here and right. played video games with friends and that was like life and sort of trying to make it and i know all of those spots and that that is sure. very neighbor what are you gonna live on skills. yucca your whole life exactly <laughs> like it's very yeah. specific and 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 super like swingers is probably the most even though it's kind of a a crazy comedy in a lot of ways. It's also real, a really honest look at what life is like, especially starting out. Like you have mm. the friend who's been successful. You're, you all have like sort of a shorthand of all you speak, but n- none of them. I don't, I don't think any of those characters are from Los Angeles a- at all. I think they're all transplants, aren't they? It's in LA is a very much a transplant city. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. 
And, you know, there's people I know, everyone I know that like moved to LA knows more about like all the aspects of LA more than like people that grew up in like Redondo beach or even grew up like in the Valley. Right. Yeah. When I like, cause like, I know, I know how to get around the Valley. I know how to get around South Bay. I know how to get to, you know, I know how to mm-hmm. get to like Pasadena and Whittier and all these different, you know, I can get around West LA and it's that idea. Like, it's like, but I know friends that like born a race here that would have no clue when I tell, like, yeah, I was t- telling friends in that live on the West side. I, go, I, I live in Highland Park. They're like, where's that? Is that like, <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that like North Hollywood? Well, if you're born in, and that's where I am. Yeah. If you're born and raised in El Segundo, then most of the years that you're there, you're not driving. So you're going wherever your parents go. And that's you've already served 16 years of life. Yeah. Yeah. All you really need is a school to go to, some restaurants to eat out at, and maybe a mall where you can hang out. It's, and, and maybe you go to like Disneyland once in a while. Like there, there are a few attractions you might travel to, but I don't think that uh, maybe nobody who is, <laughs> who is younger is like, can we go hang out in Culver city this weekend? I don't think anybody's doing that. <laughs> but that idea of like, you don't explore unless you're suburban and, and, and you have to go into the city to do stuff. You're not really exploring in LA. The suburbs are the city. Yeah. I remember, I never like when I was watching Valley girl for the first time, I remember kind of being like, I don't, but isn't that all Los Angeles? Like I didn't <laughs> going over, you know, there was this, this weird, like, like I, ne- I didn't understand that aspect of it. Yeah. So, oh man. Let me throw out a thought. It seems like we have two movies on this list that are representative of a small location within the city. And there's one movie on this list that I'm, I feel like I'm leaning toward for a few reasons because it has the Hollywood angle. It has, representation of many different parts of LA of the suburban sprawl of LA. It's got uh, a character who has that Hollywood drive in spirit. It's the reason that people move to Los Angeles, but it's a movie that was made by an absolute native son of this town uh, who puts his distinctly, not even distinctly LA, his distinctly Burbank, like neighborhood specific stamp on every movie he makes and this one being i think a his best example of that and it in its own way is not only a love letter to the idea of hollywood but it's a love letter to the los angeles that he knows i mean burbank is all track houses and or was all track houses and that's where tim burton grew up yeah it's you know Every time I go to Burbank, I'm just like, I feel like I'm in America, like the America I grew up watching on in movies. Yeah, it feels like it feels like Burbank looks like the town from Edward Scissorhands. Yes, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that would yeah. that that's where that's where I'm leaning. What do you guys think? You know, it's it's my favorite movie. Uh, I was kind of leaning towards Swingers, but your when you broke it down, and I think the linchpin for me was when you said like it it was Edward made by an Angelino. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, kid that just was born and raised here and then, you know, went to college 20 miles away and then came back. <laughs> yeah. Know? Went to Cal Arts or whatever. What was that? 30 yeah. Or like, yeah. 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 Just, you know, ride and die. Ride or die. Actually, no, I think he lives in London now, but. Sure. But that's when he started wearing scarves and grew his hair out. 
<laughs> Back in the day, he was in Glendale at Imagineering. Like, yeah, he is a local. I love it. Like, there's that uh, documentary, Waking Sleeping Beauty, about the resurgence of uh, Disney animation. That's right. Not it wasn't Imagineering. It was animation because that's where mm-hmm. I saw it. Was uh, in Waking Waking Sleeping Beauty. So good. Yeah, it's great. And there's another companion doc to that where it's like the two the two guys. The doc about the uh, the two guys that uh, yes. Ollie and what's his name uh, Frank and Ollie. Yeah, Frank, yeah. Um, who? In a coincidental thing, B.J. Novak played one of them in the Mary Poppins movie. Uh, really? That uh, with um, where Walt Disney was played by Tom Hanks. Oh, you're talking about the boys, the the documentary, the boy, the one about the Sherman Brothers. Oh yes. Oh yeah. And what was the other one? Anyway, there's a lot of Frank, yeah, Frank, Frank, so and, Frank and Ollie were, were two animators. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boys is that's right. It was B.J. Novak and uh, and Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, casting. I think. Yeah, yeah, they were fantastic. And they were great. Yeah. But, uh, the, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, yeah. 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 The thing we were talking about, like, uh, uh, like Tim Burton, where it's like he's like, they, there's some guy going around the, the drafting tables, the design tables mm-hmm. of Disney animation. And you just see this goth kid, like, hunched over, <laughs> <laughs> all pale. And you're like, you're like, oh, <laughs> Jonah, can I tell you, uh, that is the image of Tim Burton that popped into my head that made me go, oh, my God, he is an Angelino through and through. Yeah, I think it's Ed Wood, and I think it's based on that exact image that popped <laughs> in. Wow. Yeah. What do you guys think? I started this thinking it was going to be Friday because it was different from the others in that it's about mm-hmm. a, a native Angelino experience. Then I thought Swingers, because I thought it really does capture the feeling of everybody who comes to L.A., even even if you didn't get here in the late 90s or early 2000s, there is a sense that that is very – like he captures – what it what it is to be a transplant in the city starting out and mm-hmm. and trying to trying to navigate not only starting a career from scratch and not know it like do I do stand up do I do mm-hmm. you know how do I get an agent to uh, go just navigating life and because you think it's it's because it's something you can do <laughs> right which uh, it because it goes to vegas that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Eliminate it because you go to Vegas. Uh, but I think, Mark, <laughs> you made a really good argument for, for Ed Wood, for, for its, the amount of LA it shows that it's made by somebody from LA and that it also captures kind of the pioneering spirit of people who are outside of the studio system, either mm-hmm. trying to get in or just trying to create stuff and have their voices heard. So I think it's a, I think it's a good choice. Plus it's a really, really good movie. Yes. All right, Hal, bring us home. People of the world, this did not go the way I thought it was going to go. Mark and I were texting about this yesterday, and I said, what would I say, Chinatown? And what was the other one I thought? Uh, I, I don't remember. Whatever it was, it's doing. not here now. It got eliminated, <laughs> fell by the wayside. I'm proud of all three of us that we got through this entire podcast without mentioning heat until this very moment. Because It was on my I, list. It was on the long list. Yeah, that's true. They figured out a way to make a shootout boring, and you will not convince me otherwise. It should not take that long. It doesn't take that long. I don't want that in a movie. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to The Karate Kid, which takes place nowhere in Los Angeles. It is all Deep Valley uh, martial arts. But Clutter Brothers a bit about that. <laughs> that it's not a, that it's not LA at all. Tournament? Yeah, who isn't? And then I was like, yeah, going to this regional young child karate tournament in the valley <laughs> was it the all valley tournament right yeah tournament. like you should try and get home early from work why oh that's right the all valley karate <laughs> 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 my god 
my favorite Sklar Brothers bits. Oh, so good. <laughs> uh, but the best LA movie is none of those things we just said. It is Ed Wood, yeah. uh, a masterpiece from native son Tim Burton, who now lives in London, but we're not going to hold it against him. And go check. If you haven't seen it, check it out. For goodness sakes, what are you it's doing? It's pretty wonderful. Like, that you haven't watched it. Uh, right. It is the best LA movie asked and answered. I hope that uh, Tommy Bobo is happy with that. Hey, all right, Tommy, you uh, you okay with this, Tommy? Yeah, I'm good. All right, Tommy says he's okay with it. <laughs> uh, Jonah Ray, thank you for coming and helping us out with this. This was a lot of fun. Uh, where can people find you? Where do you? What do you want them to know? I don't want them to know where to get me. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Put yourself on the grid. <laughs> Track these now. Yeah. Uh, I'm at Jonah Ray on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, that's a, a yeah, Mr. Science Theater, two seasons on Netflix right now. Um, oh, I got, I got a, uh, I was in a movie, um, with Felicia Day and a Malcolm Barrett, uh, on Hulu. It's a, a, a horror comedy, a very goofy, funny, uh, horror comedy, uh, directed by Alejandro Burgess, who was the, uh, uh, director of Juan of the Dead, the, uh, Cuban, uh, Cuban comedy zombie movie. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm on that. It's on Hulu. It's free. It's still out there. So, uh, go check that out. It's a lot of fun. Very cool. Well, uh, awesome. thanks for coming. And this was a lot of fun. This topic is closed, but there are many more to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at we got this tweets. Check out the maximum fun subreddit or email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com or go to the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. Talk about your favorite LA movies, share clips, do whatever you want. We're, that's where you're safe. That's where you can talk about this. It's the only place where you're safe to talk about this. And I'm. It's very important that you go there. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world, for giving us a chance to talk about the city that we love so much with our dear friend Jonah Ray. And now I just want to go explore all of Los Angeles, but I'm going to put a mask on first. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We got this. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.